Walsh, your host of The Cell. I invite you to listen to our program every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. I would also like to thank you for listening to Community Radio on WGRN LP 94.1 FM, Columbus. I'd like to welcome our listeners back. To our first-time listeners, the Faith Thomas Foundation raises awareness about sickle cell disease. And for most of you that know about sickle cell, the red blood cells turn into sickle like the shape of a moon, and most patients have to get a blood transfusion to remove the old blood. And a lot of people, like myself, had took for granted about blood donations. Uh, when my daughter was getting blood transfusions, I didn't even give it a second thought that there was not going to be blood for her when she went to the hospital. But if people are not willing to donate blood, then there's not going to be much blood to pass around, not only to sickle cell patients, but people that come in for their emergency treatments, people that have all other types of diseases that happen to need a blood transfusion. To help us to break it down today in regards to blood donations and to give more clarification on the process or the understanding of blood donation, we have with us today Mr. Brian Satista. He is the EVA and Chief Operating Officer of Versity. So welcome, Brian. Thanks for having me, Felice. So we have two co-hosts today. Hello, Tish and Steph. Hey, how you doing? Hello, everybody. Brian, could you please share with us a little bit about yourself and how you happen to come about working for Versity? Yeah, thanks so much, Felice, again, for having me on. It's always great to to talk about our mission here at Versity. And, and really, five years ago, the mission found me. I had made a career over the last 20 years in the pharmaceutical and biotech space, working on pharmaceutical products and, and big brands on types of therapeutics that went towards rare diseases, and um, even had some experience with plasma-derived products, the so products that are made from uh, the plasma that are extracted from blood. Um, again, for rare diseases, and uh, found myself uh, kind of answering the call as Versity was in uh, in search for, as they were growing, as they were consolidating to become the largest independent blood center in the Midwest, uh, was able to answer a call where they were looking for a leader that could have uh, share in the passion around uh, serving patients. And, you know, Versity's while I've only been here five years, Versity's been around for over 75 years. We just celebrated our 75-year anniversary. What I get to do for a living is serve the mission and serve the service line, which is blood operations. So when you think of the needs for blood products at any of the hospitals throughout the Midwest, Versity is that largest supplier of these blood products, and uh, I'm really proud to be leading over a thousand people that are involved with everything from blood collection all the way to transporting it to those patients throughout the Midwest that need this blood. When you say blood products, I haven't heard it quite put that way, but when I hear products, I'm thinking of several things. Could you tell me what those products Yeah, sure. I think a lot of folks, as you eloquently described, a lot of folks think of any time patients might need blood transfusion. Well, you know, there's some blood on a shelf somewhere in in the blood bank within the hospital, and then I receive blood. Well, um, what the, the, the nuances to this is that 
the blood that someone like you or myself donates at a at a blood drive or a donation center, that blood gets produced, it gets tested, and it gets manufactured into and separated. You can kind of think of it as being separated into separate blood products. So you would spin or centrifuge uh, a whole blood unit, so that donation that you or I gave. It would spin it and separate into red cells. Um, they can also separate it into plasma, as well as into platelets. And so you have a number of different types of blood products then that go into storage systems, the blood banks within these hospitals. And then depending on what the clinical need is, uh, say you are a car accident patient needing blood, you might get some red cells, you might get some plasma, you might get some platelets. Let's say you are a chemotherapy uh, patient, a cancer, uh, a patient fighting cancer, you might get platelets. But if you are a sickle cell patient, therein lies a specialty product. And you can't just get a red cell product. You actually have to get a specific type of red cell product called RO blood. And hopefully we can get into some discussion on why that's such a special product and why there are only special types of donors out there probably listening today that are specifically eligible to help those sickle cell patients. I wanted just to kind of open it up. First question is, what's the biggest stigma and challenge of why people don't donate blood and there's such a shortage? Great question. A couple different ways to answer that. Um, you know, when we ask people who are blood donors today, how come you never started donating until until the time you did start? And most of the answer is, well, no one ever really asked me to. So people just don't have, and this might be a little bit of a generational thing. I think people that maybe grew up in wartime, like World War II, Vietnam, that generation of folks, it was kind of built into the fabric of society that blood donation was a responsibility. In fact, before that generation, when you went to a hospital to receive a blood transfusion, you were actually responsible for replenishing the blood supply with donations from your family, your neighborhood, your community, and your friends. That's how blood centers started. But today, I would tell you a couple different reasons. One, they just don't know about blood donation and never been asked. Or two, they quite don't understand the need for blood and what it's used for. I would tell you there is also a specific answer in our black and brown community. I think not only do they not know about blood donation, but I think black and brown communities, because of this underlying mistrust of the healthcare system, don't quite understand or care to understand what a blood donation means to their community. Uh, we've done quite a, a few focus groups in you know, our African-American, Hispanic, and other black and brown communities around blood donation to ask that very question. Uh, some of the answers that have come up are that blood going to help that violent crime that's happening in my neighborhood. I'm not interested in helping anyone involved in that, whether it's law enforcement, uh, assailants, and, and folks associated with that violent crime. I'm not, I'm not interested in helping them out. But when we turn around and ask and say, hey, do you know anyone with cancer? 
almost every hand goes up. And in our black and brown communities, when we ask, do you know anyone with sickle cell, almost every hand goes up. We then explain, well, did you know the only treatment for that sickle cell patient is blood? Did you know about a quarter of the blood supply is used for cancer patients? Then a light bulb goes on, and it kind of turns into, well, then why wouldn't I donate? But we've got to have a seat at the table in order to, do, to have those conversations. I want to add on to what Stephanie said is the needles. That's like when I'm out there or when I'm trying to, you know, get people to donate, the next thing I hear is about the needles are too big. And I try to say, well, do you give, do you, when you go to the doctor, you have to give blood for labs. So they stick you and then you're giving out all these tubes of blood. So donating blood is quite similar to that, even though it might be a little bit, you know, more. But is there a difference in between the types of needles that they use for just collecting blood for labs with your doctor than what they use when you're sitting down and donating? You know, there is a bit of a difference. Typically, when you're providing a sample at your doctor's office or at a clinic for some sort of testing, it's a handful of test tubes. So the biggest difference is with blood donation, you're actually taking a full pint bag, which is about 500 milliliters or a half a liter. So there's a significant um, difference in the volume. The needle size is a little bit bigger, but, you know, we try and address that, Felice, with, you know, that three seconds of pressure on your arm and a little bit of a, uh, of a prick. That three seconds of discomfort is going to save three lives. And I think that's when 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 the light bulb goes off for people. So I think part of what you're talking about is that in the brown and black communities, we have issues just going to primary care in the first place. So I don't think we often think in terms of blood donation because we're not getting the primary care that would lead to those conversations um, in the first place. And then I think even when we have emergencies, we're still not thinking in those terms. So one of my questions would be, it's harder to change people when they're older, but we can certainly grab them when they're younger. So how do we reach children, let's say, in middle school and high school and even in college where we cultivate um, a development for giving blood and promote what actually happens and how they help their community with it? Yeah, yeah, great point and great question. Um, so just a bit of background, I think many of you uh, on this call probably understand uh, blood donation. You're, you, you, you're required to be 16 years of age for the actual donation, 16 years or older. Uh, at 16, you need a parent consent, but 17 and older, you don't, need a, you don't need a parent consent. And so as you can imagine, actually a, a quite amount, a, a large amount of our blood donations come from high school. High school blood drives are some of our biggest drives, and that's, uh, that's not new, unique to Ohio. That's just about every state. But we also, to your point, want to get people prepared even before that. And we have a program called Junior Lifesavers, where we have our team of varsity professionals that engage in, in these middle schools, even grade schools, to talk to faculty, to 
uh, help them build curriculum in their science or health classes around blood donation, around sickle cell, around some of these other conditions that require blood donation, and introduce them to the blood donation responsibility. And that's, that's a different way of looking at it when you describe it as a responsibility versus something elective that you can choose to do. And we try and partner with these middle schools and grade schools that feed into our high schools that have and host blood drives. To take that a step further, we have these blood drives at high schools, and that's where our Leaders for Life program is, where we partner with high schools, provide scholarship, uh, provide leadership opportunities, and then as they um, are loyal blood donors are heavily involved with the blood drive, they actually earn a red cord upon, upon graduation. So they get to be a unique graduate walking across that stage with a red cord that not everyone is able to earn. We do have a challenge uh, when they do leave that community and can go to maybe any, any college, but we try and engage in the colleges all over the Midwest and we've got a special partnership right here in town with The Ohio State University, where we've partnered with the academic campus with blood drives um, throughout the year, especially since we are the primary provider of blood products and services to The Ohio State Wexner Medical Center. Excuse me for a minute, we need to take an identification break. Hi, this is Ernest Kelly with the Faith Thomas Foundation. You're listening to The Cell on 94.1 FM, WGRN, and WGRN.org worldwide. Listen to us every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. I just wanted to ask for our listeners who are now maybe thinking about donating blood, you know, what does that process look like and how can they prepare to donate blood? Yeah, so um, great question about how do you prepare if you're interested in donating blood? Well, first things first, you gotta find a place to donate blood. A uh, couple ways to do that. We have in town a, a, a donor center that you can come to. Uh, the hours are posted on versity.org. And that's a, a donor center where you can easily make an appointment uh, sometime during the week. We are open on weekends, on Saturdays. So you could make an appointment and be a regular donor. We have plenty of appointments throughout the week. And, you know, you can donate if you're doing a whole blood donation every 56 days. So every eight weeks, you could even go on, make appointments throughout the rest of the year and uh, get your appointment spot. You can also find a blood drive that might be most uh, convenient or more convenient for you. We have blood drives on the academic campus that are open to the public uh, at OSU. We have blood drives at the Wexner Medical Center that are open to the public. Um, a lot of times public uh, parking might be a little tough for the community to get to those places. But if you're in and around that area, um, those might be convenient for you. Otherwise, we're all over the Columbus and Central Ohio metro area. If you're interested in finding a blood drive that might be at your place of worship, might be at uh, a local school, a local community center, uh, maybe at the place you work at on your campus. If you're if you're back to the office or back to back to work, um, 
Versity.org is the place to go to find where exactly is the most convenient place for you to make an appointment. And um, if by chance you're not able to make an appointment, those places will always take in uh, a walk-in without an appointment. But um, just to be respectful of your time, if you wanted to make an appointment for something that's most convenient for you, we can get you in and out in about an hour. As you prepare for that blood donation, a couple things that uh, a lot of people um, make sure to do. Our most loyal donors know that they've got to be really well hydrated before their before their donation, and make sure you go in after having eaten a meal. So if you're going in in the morning, make sure you have a full breakfast, um, and then anytime thereafter, lunch, dinner time, make sure you're having. Make sure you've had a meal. You don't want to donate on an empty stomach. You don't want to donate when you're not feeling well either. So if you feel like you've got a cold or flu, we ask you not to donate. If, you're, um, if you uh, haven't eaten yet, please eat. And again, stay hydrated. Many, many folks will say, well, you know, I can't donate because I've got low iron. And uh, it's important, again, these myths and misconceptions about blood no donation. It's important to understand People's iron levels, they fluctuate um, throughout the week, throughout the month, throughout the year, throughout their lifespan, given age, given um, diet changes, um, given women's menstrual cycles, iron levels change. So it's a bit of a misnomer to say, well, I can't donate, I'm, I, I have low iron, right? And outside of your doctor specifically saying you've got a specific condition, which is pretty rare to not donate blood, for the most part, we ask that if you're interested, don't let that stop you. If you've, if you've had low iron levels in the past, we actually test that for you right on the spot to see if you're eligible to donate. So those, for the most part, are the, the, the biggest tips on being prepared to donate. Thank you so much, Brian. Brian, I want to go back. You were talking about Juniors for Life Savers. Are there other programs that you have for, like, your high schoolers or the school as a whole? Yeah, so part of that Leaders, leaders for Life program in the high school level is, um, is a part of it that describes scholarship. Um, so as different schools um, host blood drives and collect certain levels of blood units, depending on how many units they collect throughout let's say any given year, they actually earn scholarship money that gets paid towards either the school or some sort of um, partner that they have um, that, that might subsidize a cost of some sort. It could be in the form of scholarship towards specific students. It might go to be, you know, if the athletic boosters is holding a blood drive for the school and they want to pay for new uniforms, um, we would help uh, subsidize it through this scholarship. But that's that's typically how we partner with schools, with other uh, sports kind of organizations, other any kind of organization where uh, scholarship is appropriate. That would be part of the program as well. And if anyone's interested in that, um, please contact Felice. Felice is a proud member of our team here at Versity as, as a community member that uh, knows all of the leadership team that can definitely connect you to getting that, that Leaders for Life program as part of your organization. I definitely do believe in that program um, because I think it's great for kids. Can you also share with our listeners that not only do you have these type of programs, 
uh, for high schoolers, but in regards to how uh, some of the high schoolers could possibly come and work at Versity, your training program that you have for that? Yeah, so um, the requirements for a for an employee as a full phlebotomist would be a high school diploma or a GED. But we also have high school student opportunities by way of volunteers. Um, so folks looking for volunteer hours, maybe they're in National Honor Society, we have a volunteer program uh, where our volunteers get to learn about the blood donation process. They might be serving our donors and helping out our staff at our, at our donor center. They might be assigned to a blood drive for the day. Um, and so a number of different things in, in, uh, that we, we have in terms of volunteer opportunities. Uh, if there are any students looking to maybe train, uh, going into their maybe towards, uh, heading towards graduation, we'd love to uh, connect with those high school students as well and prepare them so that they have a job day one after graduation, after they go through our interview process. And uh, we find together that, you know, the mission is a great way for them to perhaps start their health, their healthcare career. I love that part right there. I'm always trying to, um, when I do get a chance to go out to the schools, or even when I just happen to meet a young, you know, a young person who is either taking classes, uh, at Columbus State, or they're just working in, in Lowe's or someplace else. I'm always talking to them about in the job opportunities that you guys offer and how you help them to learn every step of the way how to do what they need to do in order to collect blood. I just love that portion of it in addition to going into the high school and the school programs. Maybe I can expand a little bit even further on the career opportunities. Maybe there are listeners out there that might be interested or know of someone because Versity, our goal is to be one of the employers in the Columbus area that people are lined up to work for. And we want to be the employer of choice. Uh, we're not necessarily looking for people who are looking for jobs. We want to find and partner with people who are looking for career. And that could be your high school grad. That could be someone that is in trade school that might be someone who's looking for a change in careers. And that's exactly what we offer. We offer a way to either start or continue your healthcare career where you get to learn about blood donation, becoming a phlebotomist. We have what I think is best-in-class training. So even folks that come to us that say, well, I was thinking about going to a trade school, you can actually come to us save your tuition money, do all of your training, paid, by the way, paid training, and start your career here. And along the way, you'll get exposure to leadership opportunities. You know, within 12 months, you can easily work your way, if this is something you're passionate about, you'll work your way up from a donor services specialist all the way to a team lead. Those team leads, they have the opportunity to learn new skill sets like uh, working on our apheresis equipment, becoming a trainer, um, and then going into leadership roles like supervisors, managers. We also offer tuition reimbursement. So if your journey comes to a point where you want to go to school, again, this is a career that we're trying to nourish uh, for people 
and especially in the central central Ohio area, we'd love to have you. I just love it. I'm sitting here just smiling like a little Cheshire cat with everything that you're saying because I think it's great for the young kids. You know, I think that university does provide that opportunity. Your response to that, so many of our employees come to us and say, you know, I had planned on going to a four-year university. Um, The economics today and that value equation has changed for me given what tuition costs today. This was a great alternative for me to start a career, get paid to do the training, and now I've got options to go back to school and get a little bit of help while working in healthcare, but I'm amongst healthy people. Like if I were to go do phlebotomy in a clinic, I'm typically around folks that are there for a reason. And during the pandemic, no one wanted to be in a clinic or a hospital. And this is just that really unique opportunity to learn a a different part of the healthcare system and be around typically happy donors. People are going there for a different reason, not because they're sick, but because they've got a connection to the mission. So we just think it's a great, great way to start a career. So one of the things that in part you guys are talking about is we have at Columbus State the uh, College Credit Plus courses. And that's an avenue where they're in high school, and varsity is a nice way to work that into those college credit plus courses. They don't need to continue on necessarily if college is not for them, but it's another avenue um, that helps them to find a career. And I think Brian brings up a good point that he wants people that want a career, not just a job, something that they're invested in. And for a lot of the, the, I call them kids, kids that I work with, they want something where they can make an impact. And that seems to be really important for the college students that I work with, as well as high school and middle school kids. So that opportunity that you provide them is wonderful. The other thing that I want to talk about is that um, Columbus State, along with the uh, Educational Service Center, is now doing a, a, a special track. I think they just hired a new superintendent that looks specifically at helping kids into different career pipelines. And I know that's something that Ohio is looking at overall uh, with Governor DeWine. What other partnerships do you have that help to promote diversity? So like I see in Michigan, you did a partnership with Noodles and Company? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So we have a uh, part of our organization that focuses on corporate sponsors and corporate partnerships. In Columbus, our, our, let's face it, the biggest brand in central Ohio is that Block O and Brutus, right? So we're really proud of the partnership we have both at the academic and medical campus. Um, you know, when we partner with folks and, and talk about our um, uh, affiliation with the Ohio State University, it, uh, to be quite honest, it opens up plenty of doors because they know if there's going to be some sort of specific a condition that requires a center center of excellence, they're probably going to Wexner, right? And they've probably, if I'm an employer like a Cardinal Health, if I'm, um, you know, one, a Medline, uh, one of these big employers in, in the Columbus area, their employees are probably getting service, served uh, from a hospital and a health system by Wexner as well. Um, so that's that's probably our strongest affiliation. But we have partnerships with organizations like the Columbus Zoo. 
So the Columbus Zoo is an organization that we have, you know, different events that get co-promoted, things like that. But in Columbus, as many of you know, there are a lot of entrepreneur kind of small um, mom and pop mm -hmm. type of uh, organizations that we try and support. Everything from those that, uh, you know, I, I don't have a list in front of me, all the way to some of the bigger organizations where we've partnered with Chipotle. So given Chipotle's headquarters being there, um, you know, we are talking to folks in, in other big organizations. Uh, we also do blood drives on a regular ba basis on the campus at J.P. Morgan Chase. So we feel like we're just scratching at the surface. Any of your listeners that are interested in hosting blood drives and might be part of these big organizations, we'd love to partner with you and talk further about how this can be more of a program. It's not just blood drives, but uh, more of a program. Since we know sickle cell impacts the black and brown community and people of color specifically, what are some like initiatives and efforts that Versity is doing to educate and bring awareness to, to blood donation to the brown and black community? You know, we um, we partner throughout throughout our footprint. We know we have to partner with anchor organizations. Uh, we talk about a, an anchor organization as someone that's trusted. It's got community leaders. It's got a voice. Many places don't know Versity by name necessarily, as they would, you know, maybe the name of the health health system in the area. So we know we have to have some sort of endorsement and um, some sort of anchor organization to connect to. Uh, we partner with organizations like the Faith Thomas Foundation that have a platform, that have an audience with our black and brown communities. Um, I know we have um, one of our community advisory board members, uh, Kimberly McCullough. She is from the Office of Diversity and Inclusion within with Ohio State University. Uh, there are a lot of parts of that network that help us uh, engage not only in the student body, but also in the community outreach efforts through Ohio State University. And then many of our folks within those organizations also have connections to, uh, again, other um, employee resource groups within J.P. Morgan Chase that are specifically focused on black professionals or their Hispanic community, their Latinx community of workers at J.P. Morgan Chase. So we try and do, do the partnership with community outreach in several different ways. We know that that is something that requires intentionality, um, and we've made it a specific goal in, in the engagement of diverse donors in 2023 through our throughout our entire footprint. Um, and in Columbus, we've, we've, for the last two years, we've actually exceeded our target in terms of the units we've collected from our black and brown communities. And we hope to, we hope to see that grow. I think partnerships and conversations just like this to get the word out is what we, uh, we love doing and, and just need as many more opportunities as possible. Thank you. Brian, I would like for you to elaborate on the RO blood that you were talking about in regards that is, you know, special to people of color. Yeah, as we were talking about earlier about the um, 
the need for blood, why it's so important. First and foremost, I think a lot of folks don't grasp that blood is essential in so many different therapeutic regimens and many conditions uh, rely on blood and sometimes is the only is the only treatment. And for sickle cell specifically, our patients with sickle cell disease, uh, outside of a bone marrow transplant, blood really is the only treatment. Everything else is to manage symptoms, right? whether it's kind of the pain crises that they manage, uh, those types of things. But really, uh, for those of our listeners that have history and experience with sickle cell disease, they probably have seen the wonders that a blood transfusion does for that patient. It's like a whole new person. Uh, earlier, Felice described sickle cell as a mutation in a red blood cell where it changes shape. You know, it has a much shorter lifespan in your body. Instead of the 100 to 120 days of, of, of that lifespan, in a normal red cell, a red blood cell in your body that is a sickle cell shape or crescent shape is uh, around two weeks, anywhere between 10 to 20 days. And so you suffer from these pain crises and a number of other complications that come with red blood cells that don't quite work properly. So you need new blood. Well, in our specific sickle cell populations, disproportionately affecting our African-American communities. And within those communities, you can kind of think of blood as the blood types that are required for a compatible transfusion because your blood have these antigens on the surface that if you're not of the same blood type, your body could reject it and you would get a reaction. Well, in our specific sickle cell population, they require a blood type that has an antigen profile that is described as RO blood. It is a special type of blood. It is only found in special populations, predominantly our African-American and Hispanic population. It is also probably the demographic within our donor base for blood donations that are our smallest part of the pie that actually donate. And we've talked a little bit about the different reasons, whether they have a lack of access to these conversations, whether there's a mistrust of the healthcare system. And quite frankly, there hasn't been an, an investment over the years in reaching out to these populations and to these communities of color. That's why we're so proud at Versity to be doing something like this, leading the way for the industry because we know that that's a special blood type going to a special patient population. At Versity, we talk about our beacon of hope, our mission being a beacon of hope, and we need that beacon to reach every patient, every community. And the underserved black and brown communities is a place that we're placing a, a ton of resources and focus so that, again, every patient in need is able to receive this special type of blood. So that's why there's this outcry from organizations like the Faith Thomas Foundation and other organizations of why blood donation is so important in our black and brown communities. So you guys deal with uh, 
blood donations, but do you also deal in the other areas um, to assist yeah. patients? Because mm-hmm. a lot of times patients have comorbidities uh, tied to sickle cell. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so you know what I could say about um, the – so there's a number of different service lines within Versity that help to service patients in several different ways other than just kind of blood collection and blood provision to hospitals. We have a diagnostic labs organization that does a lot of the testing as well as the um, blood typing uh, to get specific specialty units to the hospitals that have a, a rare or specific need for maybe a rare patient with a really rare blood type. You could think of our footprint as being big enough where we just have a library of blood uh, donors, blood donations that these samples then become a catalog of if there is a need for a rare blood type, we have access to it. A big part of Versity that really differentiates Versity from other blood centers is our world-renowned research arm as well. It's called the Versity Blood Research Institute. It is located in Milwaukee, um, but it is got reach globally. It is world-renowned in the types of research it does for blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. So Versity has taken this responsibility of serving our sickle cell patients in many different ways. We have physicians that uh, serve our hospitals as well as consultants and sometimes even medical directors that are specifically involved in the treatment of care. Brian, is there anything else that you would like to say to our listeners before we... um... You know, I just, uh, I know that many folks that are listening here specifically to your organization are connected to sickle cell disease, the patients and families that it inflicts. And hopefully many folks now have a different or even elevated appreciation for the way they can help our patients who suffer from sickle cell disease. There is a direct way to help those patients, unlike just about any other disease state. Like there is a helplessness with many folks suffering from a chronic illness. If your grandmother or child has diabetes, there's not much you can do. If someone you love has sickle cell disease, there are plenty of things you can do, anything from blood donation to hosting a blood drive. And Versity wants to serve as that beacon of hope for for all of your listeners. And anything we can do to help, uh, please get in touch with police and the team, and we'd be more than happy to uh, serve you and your community. I thank you, Brian. I mean, Versity is special and dear to my heart. You know, the organization kind of started making me think about when I was with my daughter and getting those blood transfusions. And then I started looking at it totally different when I started my relationship with Versity. And then I start wondering how many people are out there like me who have lost their loved ones, felt that the blood was going to be there when you needed it. And right. actually, the blood was not. It is, but it isn't because there's those shortages. 
And especially when it comes to our people of color, you know, I feel that it's really important that we try to get rid of those stigmas and donate blood to help something that impacts 90% of African Americans and people of color. So I'm just hoping that I'll be out there doing what the Faith Thomas normally does, which is raise awareness about sickle cell disease and talking about giving blood donations, helping save a life. So, Brian, I appreciate you for coming on. With that being said, this is Felice. Peace out. The Faith Thomas Foundation would like to thank you for listening to The Cell. We broadcast on WGRN 94.1 FM every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. You can also stream us live on Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. on WGRN 94.1. For more information on the Faith Thomas Foundation, please visit our website, Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is Faith Thomas FDN.